0: By showing you actually the latest satellite. Slow news
1: beyond the
2: headline.
3: Now it's time for slow news. In its February seventeenth edition, the Economist cover focused on the Democratic Republic of the Congo. While the UN peacekeeping mission mandate there is coming to an end on the thirty first of March. Violence is escalating. Ceci Areghi and Mario Braga uh, took a closer look into this issue to try to unpack the situation and explain what is going on there.
0: The Great Congo War is considered the bloodiest conflict since World War II. However, nobody dared to count the bodies, so the official statistic is between 1 and 5 million deaths. It went on from 1998 to 2003, and the United Nations Blue Helmets have been working in the African country since 1999. Once called Manuk, the mission changed its name to Manusco in 2006. It is the biggest, longest, and most expensive peacekeeping mission ever. But despite some progress and much effort, the situation in the Democratic Republic of the Congo is slowly going back to the violence and unstableness of the late 90s.
3: United Nations peacekeepers say security forces have killed at least seven protesters in the
2: Democratic Republic of the Congo. Protesters want President Joseph Kabila to step down from office. Before digging deeper into the situation, it's important to know some facts about the Democratic Republic of the Congo, or DRC. It's the second largest country in Africa. The Great
0: Congo War is considered the bloodiest conflict since World War II. However, nobody dared to count the bodies, so the official statistic is between 1 and 5 million deaths. It went on from 1998 to 2003, and the United Nations Blue Helmets have been working in the African country since 1999. Once called Manuk, the mission changed its name to Manusco in 2006. It is the biggest, longest, and most expensive peacekeeping mission ever. But despite some progress and much effort, the situation in the Democratic Republic of the Congo is slowly going back to the violence and unstableness of the late 90s.
3: United Nations peacekeepers say security forces have killed at least seven protesters in the Democratic
2: Republic of the Congo. Protesters want President Joseph Kabila to step down from office. Before digging deeper into the situation, it's important to know some facts about the Democratic Republic of the Congo, or DRC. It's the second largest country in Africa, and has an estimated population of 78 million inhabitants. The average Congolese woman has six children, and nearly half of the population is under 14 years old. The country is extremely poor. Only one in seven earns more than $1.25 a day. As The Economist published, Congo is four times the size of France, but has less paved road than Luxembourg. How did the country get there? Once a Belgian colony,
0: the country gained independence in 1960. Just five years later, the long dictatorship of Mobutu Sese Seko started. In 1994, after the Rwandan genocide, two million Hutus, the perpetrators, fled to the eastern part of the DRC, then called Saire. After that, Rwanda invaded to eliminate them and overthrew Mobutu to replace him with Laurent Kabila in 1997. That is known as the First Congo War, and at its end, the country gained its current name.
2: But peace did not last long. The Second Congo War, also known as the Great Congo War, started only one year later, after Lauren Kabila aided the Hutus and Rwanda invaded again to try to displace the president. Intervention from Angola, Zimbabwe and Namibia saved his life. Kabila was then killed in 2001, and Joseph, his son, became the president. He still holds that seat to this day, 17 years later. This brings us back to Manusco, the peacekeeping mission and the current situation in the country. Manusco played a role in terms of reducing
0: minimizing, diffusing tensions. Um, but, you know, what is more important in such cases is uh, to uh, impress upon uh, all parties, actually, particularly the, uh, the RC authorities, that uh, you know, they have committed to holding election. They have committed to a timetable, and they need to create the conditions that will allow, that will enable uh, uh, these elections to take place. In, in a propitious environment. That was Jean-Pierre Lacra, UN Undersecretary General for Peacekeeping Operations in a press conference. It is clear that the mission has succeeded in many ways. It helped bring stability to several parts of the DRC, and it assisted in the draft of a constitution that led to the first multi-party elections to be held in 2006. Joseph Kabila was democratically chosen and then re-elected. But constant violence, especially in the eastern part of the country, where ethnically-based rebel groups threaten the citizens and confront the government, shows us there is no peace either. And in the last two years, things have been getting worse.
2: After being re-elected, Kabila cannot seek a third term. That's why he has been stretching his presidency for over a year now. The elections, expected to take place in late 2016, have been postponed many times ever since. Despite the country's name, It's clear that the DRC is far from being democratic, and Kabila is showing signs of wanting to cling to its position for as long as possible. But he's an extremely unpopular leader, no more than 10% of the Congolese back him, and he's having trouble to maintain the order in such a big piece of land. There have been several protests in the capital and many other cities, and the government's reaction has been rather violent. Euro News gathered some testimonies.
3: What we're living through is not democracy. We were in church in the middle of prayer, and in the moment that the priest lifted the
1: Eucharist, they shot tear gas.
2: And the pressure for Kabila to step down also comes from abroad. This is Okito Tomgomo, president of the Congolese support group in the UK and opposition leader in the diaspora talking to Al Jazeera.
0: You can see that somebody is already taken apart by force. And they killing innocent people. This is a criminal regime at the moment we're talking. And we want to see stable of Congo. The only way we're going to have a stability in the Congo is to respect the constitution of the Congo. This regime is breaching the constitution, using excessive level of force, and now they impose a military regime at the moment to kill civilians during a very peaceful protest. In rural areas, the situation is even worse. Today, at least 10 of the 26 provinces in the DRC face armed conflict. And there has been a proliferation of rebel groups. Just in the Kibu provinces, the number grew from 70 in 2015 to over 120 nowadays. Many are backed and sponsored by Rwanda and Burundi, which have a proxy war going on in the mineral-rich areas of the Congo. Nono Mwamba, one of the Kamuina and Sapu group leaders, spoke to France 24 about the situation. <laughs>
2: Our movement exists because the Congolese men and women are suffering. We've been lied to since 1960, since independence, but we're not really independent.
0: Just last Friday, France press reported at least 49 deaths in the province of Ituri, in the northeast. Violence is escalating, people are being killed every day. This led to the displacement of 4.5 million people, more than ever before and almost twice as much as two years ago, according to the Congo Research Group. Congolese have been fleeing to the neighboring countries of Uganda, Tanzania, Angola and Zambia, among other places. Euronews reported in the Kasai region.
3: I was at school and I heard firing. I ran away but I was hit by stray bullets on the way home. I
0: didn't see who shot but I felt some kind of pain along my arm and then I saw some blood.
3: That day two schoolmates were killed
0: right beside me. The soldiers recovered their bodies. When I saw what happened, I ran. I couldn't carry their bodies.
2: Amid this critical scenario, the current mandate of the UN peacekeeping mission, MONUSCO, expires on the 31st of March, in just a few weeks. To make matters worse, UN humanitarian missions have been defunded at the request of the US President Donald Trump. Kabila, of course, has been asking for the mission to step down for the last three years. And at some point, the UN current 16,000 military personnel and over 4,000 civilians will have to leave the country. But in a situation in which war is a real possibility, now might not be the time to do so.
0: Over the course of this year, Monusco's main priority should be to help create an environment for elections to happen in the DRC. A Congo research group report reads that, although being the largest peacekeeping mission in the world, MONUSCOS has limited means to transform the conflict in eastern Congo. These things depend much more on the Congolese themselves, as well as on regional and international geopolitics.
3: That was the Slonius report explaining the situation in the Democratic Republic of the Congo by Ceci and Mario. In order to give a local perspective to the escalating violence and the overall situation in the DRC, Mario also talked to Fabiola Ortiz. She is a Brazilian journalist who spent one month in the DRC in 2017, researching and reporting about the reintegration process of boys who had been recruited as soldiers. And now, before listening to Fabiola's interview, we're going to listen to Moto Moto, a singer from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Up next is Mario Braga interviewing
2: Fabiola Ortiz from Brazil. So, Fabiola, since you have been to the east part of the Congo, uh, how do people there see the situation in their country?
1: It depends. What situation are we talking about? Poverty? Are we talking about um, income? Uh, situation of uh, living conditions in the urban areas? Uh, homeless people? Health services? Or, mm, corruption? It's a um, place where there are Dozens, almost 70 armed groups operating. Mm-hmm. That that is the reason the MONUSCO is there. It's to, uh, let's say, enforce um, and to uh, put in practice and monitor and assess and assess the the peace accords. That's a, the main reason they are there.
2: And you're talking about the. The peacekeeping mission. Uh, how is the relation uh, between them and the population? How is the mission perceived by the Congolese? Um,
1: as it is a very huge um, peacekeeping mission, there are other there are always controversies, and people, uh, as far as I remember regular people, ordinary people, sometimes people complain, like they are so huge, the Congolese themselves, but sometimes they look at the peacekeeping mission as a a white elephant to some extent and to some criticism. On the other hand, the UN, I really have to acknowledge that uh, the UN is part of the, at least in Goma, of the urban life, because you were so people are so uh, used to see the blue helmets patrolling, uh, patrolling uh, going around the town, the city, and just one important note. I also have to acknowledge that with with all the criticism that people may have. They still recognize it's it's important to have a mission there.
2: And one aspect that has been discussed a lot, especially in Western media, is regarding the political situation. Uh, Do you feel from your experience there that this was something that concerned people or the problems such as poverty and violence and the conflict are so overwhelming that the political situation doesn't really make that difference? I see. Actually, uh, what I felt there is that politics
1: is everywhere. Uh, People talk, Congolese love talking about politics. But uh, I can feel that even with all this violence that we hear mainly from international press, people are concerned about having their voice heard in politics. And it seems that People are really interested in voting Uh, and me as a reporter and makes me feel pretty worried about uh, when I hear those protests and marches marches that are happening in Kinshasa, the capital, and they're being uh, suffocated and people, activists and protesters are being shot at by the police uh, throughout this February, for example, and January as well.
2: What do you think that lies ahead in the future for Congo? Do you see uh, a hope for peace or do you think the situation is complex to an extent that the conflict may last for many more years and there is no solution ahead.
1: It's not even talking about welfare state, no. But it, there's a total lack of public services, of delivery of public services at all. Everything you can imagine, just name it. Uh, police is there to harass you, even to harass their own citizens. They're not there to protect them. Health is not public. Schools... Uh, education is not a universal right in that country. It's very expensive to send your children to study in a public school. Uh, I suppose as that all those ingredients, all those elements that I highlighted are have a huge impact in, for example, uh, fomenting violence, violence within the communities. So how can you think about a democracy, even if you don't have the the basic needs right how can, it's not only about elections itself there're so many challenges i hope that the f- future of congo is achieved by their own people by its own people by the congolese but i think it's very challenging very challenging and when the international community should be paying more attention We are not really paying that much attention. It's one of the most underreported conflicts. People are so tired of reporting on the same killings, on the same mass atrocities, that we are not giving much attention that it should have.
2: So thank you very much for the interview, Fabiola.
3: That was Mario Braga interviewing Fabiola Ortiz, a Brazilian journalist who traveled to the DRC last year and is currently researching and reporting in the country's current situation. Thank you very much, Ceci and Mario, for unpacking this very complex conflict in the Democratic Republic of the P- Congo for us. We'll have more slow news next show. Planet Planet Mundus